0: Turn with me this morning in your Bible to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read from the verse 10. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 Let's hear the word of the Lord Reading of course from the authorised verse. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly That now at the last your care of me Have flourished again For in you were also careful But you lacked opportunity Not that I speak in respect of want For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odour of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. We know that the Lord has stamped with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text this morning is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It reads, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And my theme today is understanding God's promise of provision. Now let's remember the context of this wonderful verse in Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is in prison at Rome. He's chained to a guard 24-7. He's awaiting sentence of death. In fact, he knows he could be executed at any moment. In verse 14, he talks about mine affliction. And if you think of a man in prison Under such circumstances And in such a situation You might think that that man is given To a state of depression or despair He would question the will of God He would question the wisdom of God Maybe even think "Well, What have I done to deserve this I, I, I'm unable to continue my gospel ministry The work of God is, is going to suffer And maybe he felt within his soul You know what I I, I feel forgotten of God God has forsaken forsaken me here. God has failed me in this place. Now, nothing, of course, could be further from the truth. In prison, the apostle Paul had perfect peace. Why? Because the prince of peace was at his elbow. And Paul in prison discovered that he hadn't been forsaken, forgotten, or failed Because not only was the Lord with him, but God had provided time and time again for his every need. Remember that Philippians 4 verse 19 is part of the Apostle Paul's thank you note to the whole church at Philippi. He is telling the church very clearly and plainly, because you have given to me freely and voluntarily and sacrificially and Uh, To to meet my need Then I'm making this declaration to you as a congregation But my God shall supply all your need According to his riches and glory By Christ Jesus You see here is a wonderful promise to encourage our hearts It's a promise from God about provision And I want you to understand God's promise of provision Paul is saying um, my God has met my need By your kind and generous hand so, so in turn My God will meet all your need Whatever it is as a church It's very interesting that Charles had Spurgeon When he opened one of his orphanages in London In the 19th century He had the stonemason inscribe this text Into the pillars of the door. He wanted every child who entered, he wanted everyone who entered, not only including the boys and girls, but the adults as well, to know that as long as they lived, that they could find encouragement, that they could find help regarding God's promise of provision. In fact, that's what he called it. So I'm borrowing his title in a sense this morning He called it God's promise of provision And I want us to understand God's promise of provision Now look at the text There's seven things in this text And the first one is this The supplier of this promise Look at the text very carefully But my God Now we'll pause there God is greater than all our need. The focus on the text is on the Lord. Paul talks about my God. Now, remember, he's in a relationship with this God. The God of heaven and earth, the true and the living God, the creator and maker of all things that live and breathe and of being. We could even add in the doctrine of the Trinity, three in one and one in three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. A God who is absolutely sovereign, a good God, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. A God who works providentially because this God uses means to fulfill and accomplish all his will and purpose. Remember, the first century was a bit like today. It was awash with idols and idolatry. Everyone had their own god. The fishermen worshipped the sea god. The woman well, they worshipped the god of fertility. The soldiers would have worshipped the god of war. The merchants would have worshipped the god of wealth and riches. But line everyone up. And everyone who has his own god would prove to be a false god. A worthless, dumb, useless idol that couldn't see, that couldn't speak, and could do nothing for any creature because they're powerless to meet the need of any soul. So you think of these idols that are powerless, helpless, and useless. But Paul's God was different because Paul's God is the true and the living God, the creator, the maker. A God who is absolutely sovereign. The Bible says the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He is a good God. He is a God of infinite mercy. A God of infinite justice. Infinite holiness. A God of goodness and truth. My God. You see, when I first read that, I thought of Paul being in a loving, vital, saving relationship with the God of heaven. And I asked this morning, are you in a personal, vital, saving relationship with the God of heaven, the true and the living God, your creator and maker? In the supplier of this promise, not only relationship, but notice his riches. It says in the text, but my God should supply all your need according to his riches. Link up the words, my God and his riches. My God possesses riches in glory. It's a reference, I believe, to the great treasury house of God. A reference to the vastness of his treasure. The vastness of his supply. In contrast to us, remember we're poor and needy. In contrast to us, God is neither poor nor needy. God is not the poorer in supplying our need. Why? Because he has riches in glory Did you know this morning that God has infinite riches? You and I are often limited in our resources Even in our riches to do with material wealth Wealth can be quantified Wealth can be measured We, We think about billionaires and millionaires And we might talk, well this man has got 80 billion Or this man has eight Or this man has got a hundred million. Or this man has one million. You see, our riches are ending. There's a limit to them. But God is not. His riches are boundless. They're endless. They're past finding out. There's no end to his vast supply. Just like there's no end to the glory of God. The greatness of God. The goodness of God. The grace of God. God is infinite riches. God has unchangeable riches. Did you know the riches of men can suddenly disappear? They can be here today. They can be gone tomorrow. Remember in the 1920s in the Great Depression in the United States of America. Millionaires went to bed. Very wealthy men. But when they awoke in the morning. They were broke. They became paupers overnight. Sadly, many of them committed suicide. I was thinking on the day the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union, I think it was way back in 2016, many financiers lost billions of pounds of stock that day. One day of political activity as the news. You see, riches can come and go. Remember, the Bible tells us there in the book of Proverbs, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as a eagle toward heaven. But God's riches are not like man's. Because God's riches are unchangeable. They remain the same. They're constant. God has independent riches. His riches are not dependent on individual circumstances, not dependent on the central bank, not dependent on government decisions, not dependent on other factors in the political world. No, You see, God's riches are not affected by the world in which we live in. God's riches are not affected by what we do or don't do. Nothing affects the great treasury house of the living God. And God is inexhaustible riches. Did you know that God possesses all things? Turn over this morning there to the book of Psalms. Look with me at Psalm 50. We read there in Psalm 50 and in the verse 10 For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Verse 11. I know all the fowls of the mountains And the wild beasts of the field are mine Verse 12 If I were hungry I would not tell thee For the world is mine And the fullness thereof And in Psalm 24 verse 1 We read something similar This is what he says The earth is the Lord's And the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. Did you know that because God possesses all things, He has given to us life and breath and all things? See, He possesses all things, He lacks nothing, and therefore He can meet many needs. There's a story told about the Moody Bible College. The story was told by the late Henry Ironside They had a big prayer meeting in the college campus They had a genuine need, a financial bill that had to be settled Running into thousands of dollars And the men were there praying And one of the men prayed Well Lord you own the cattle on a thousand hills We would like you now Lord to sell some of those cattle And give us the money Lord You're able to do that And of course there was many amens Within a short time, there was a knock at the door. A a rancher came, uh, and then very quickly, a a girl uh, was dispatched to the prayer meeting room. There was a rancher here who had brought into the town a train load of cattle. The cattle were sold at auction, and the man tithed his money. And the tithe met the need of that particular college At that particular time. You see that is God. You see God is greater than all our need. He lacks nothing. He he needs nothing. God is infinite riches. Unchangeable riches. Independent riches of our circumstance. Inexhaustible riches. And unrivaled riches. So whatever our need is. God is greater than all our need. Whatever our need is as a church, God is able and willing to meet that need. What do we need? Well, we need help financially. We think of our debt uh, in the opening of this building running into about 100,000 pounds. We think of our need for finance in the future if we're going to finish the project we'd probably need about 200,000 pounds. The Bible asks the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? We need souls to be saved. Is God able to do that? Is he in the soul-saving business? We need new families. Is God able to give us new families? He's given us some. Has he more to give? I believe he has. I believe God will bring them in. I believe God will give us many new members. Members who believe in their heart that God has brought them here. And this is the place where God wants them to be. And and this is the place where, where, where it will be their spiritual home. And whenever we need help and a word from the Lord... He says to this man, will I look to him that is poor and who is contrite in spirit and who trembleth at my word. So, so whatever our need is as a church, even in relation to the Sunday school and the children's work and the youth work, God is greater than our need. Now, do you believe that this morning? And whatever your need is as a family, your need as an individual. God is greater than your need. If your need is physical, financial, material, emotional, spiritual, God is greater than your need. See, see, how do you keep going when a loved one has died? The loss of a mother or a father or a son or a daughter. How do you keep going when your financial, financial meltdown and you're, 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 you're drowning in debt? How do you keep going as a family when you're struggling with rebellious teenagers who, who have turned their back on God and they'll be turned to drugs and, and they turn to drink and turn to the party scene and, and, and we can't get them out to church anymore? How do you cope with the breakdown of relationship? And remember, folks, relationship breaks down because of the hardness of heart. And it was only because of the hardness of heart, man's heart. That God even granted a bill of divorcement in the first place. So, so remember that. And, and and how do you cope when you're facing old age? And how do you cope, young people, when you've got problems at school and you're facing peer pressure? And you've got problems with exams. And you're you're growing up in a sinful world with all the pressure to conform. Well, I have a word for us this morning. I have a word for those that listen on the internet. And it's this. God is greater than all our need. And we've got to get our eyes on the supplier of this promise. But my God and his riches. And if we realize that we're in a relationship with the God of heaven, and this God has riches, as I've said, that are infinite and unchangeable and independent and inexhaustible and unrivaled, then let's worship that God who's greater than all our need. I want us to think in the second place, the supply of this promise. Look at the word supply, but my God shall supply. You see, God is promising to meet all your need. What does that mean? God's saying that He's willing and able to meet all your need. Many may be willing to meet the need financially of this church. I would love to be able to do it, but I have no ability. If I could write off the debt by signing a cheque for £100,000, I would do that. But it's not a lack of willingness. It's the lack of being able, having the ability. Now, now many may be able, but lack any desire. But God is saying, in this word supply, that he is willing and that he is able. Because the word supply means to fill up. To fill you to overflowing. My God shall satisfy you to The full. In other words. He'll fill you up to the brim. All that you truly need. Now you think of that. God is going to fill this church to the brim. Because he is willing and able. And is greater than all our need. Every personal. Private. Public need. Going to be fully satisfied. Filled to the brim. I don't want you to despise the day of small things. I don't want you to look round and think of all these empty seats. I want you to look round and think of God and his willingness and ability in the supply of his promise. Look very quickly there at the scope in the promise. Underline the word all. All your need. You see, all to me is absolute. And the context here is as the congregation in Philippi had sent gifts time and time again to the Apostle Paul. They had met his financial need. They were a very generous congregation. The gifts were given and they were sent in love. And Paul knew that it was very kind of them to help him in the Lord's work. It made life easier for him in the context of being in prison. Time and time again, they had supplied his need. And of course, the church in Philippi was none the worse off. The church in Philippi was not any poorer for uh, meeting Paul's need in a financial way. And the context here that in this wonderful promise, God himself is promising to meet the needs of those who help to meet the needs of others. And of course, you'll never be poor for helping the servants of the Lord. And you'll never be poor for helping to support the work of God. Paul is really saying to them, you've given sacrificially to meet my need. But my God, he will take care of your need. Isn't it so true that generosity will not lead to poverty? I want you to notice the word all Because it's not limited to financial needs He's not saying but my God Shall supply your financial need No it doesn't say that It includes that but it's so much more Because it uses the word all If you need food Remember the feeding of the 5,000 The feeding of the 4,000 The Lord Jesus taking a boy's lunch And blessing it Two fishes and five barley loaves And fed a multitude of 5,000 there In the the, the grass Before the sea of Galilee Remember how God fed Elijah For three and a half years Sent him to the brook Kerith The ravens came with bread and flesh Then the brook dried up And God sent him to a widow of Zarephath With a cruise of oil and a handful of meal And and she made a cake for Elijah first And then she thought she was going to die Her and her son And, And of course the cruise of oil didn't fail And the handful of meal didn't fail why? Because this powerful God that we worship this morning provided that need. He, he provided in such a way that brought honor and glory to him. Did you know that the great missionary David Brainard, whenever he was in America, uh, seeking to evangelize the native inhabitants of that land, the Indian people, he encountered a storm, probably worse than what we had yesterday. For three and a half days that storm raged and the only shelter that David Brainard had was to crawl into a a hollow out tree there was this big tree that had been felled that had been eaten from the inside out and he was able to crawl inside and uh, as he sat there sheltering from the wind and the rain and the thunder and the lightning he ran out of food and he prayed and you know what God provided his need. Do you know how God provided his need? A little squirrel came and brought him nuts. And he ate the nuts. You see. If God gave us Jesus Christ. The very best that he had. Isn't that what it says in Romans chapter 8. and verse 32. He that spared not his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely. Give us all things. If he gave us the best that he had. His only begotten son then will he not with him also freely give us all things? So that every need do we have imaginable. That that need could be met. As he says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, he says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. If you need spiritual strength, to cope Then he'll supply that If you need grace In the midst of your illness and trials He'll supply that If you need forgiveness Because of struggling with some guilt Of some particular sin Then, then he'll provide that If you need help Maybe you're hurting Maybe you've been lied against Maybe you've been slandered And, and were you going to get help to continue on The Lord can supply that help If you need wisdom if you need courage to do the right thing and stand up and be counted for Christ amid the peer pressure young people, then he'll supply that. And I love the little quote from Matthew Henry. If he looks after the birds, how much more will he look after his babes? Are you a babe in Christ? You love the Lord Jesus, but you're struggling regarding strength and grace and wisdom and courage and forgiveness. And because he has given Christ for you, the best that he had, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's the scope of this promise, all things. Notice the sureness of the promise. If you look again at the text, it says, but my God shall supply your need, all your need. The the word shall See, there's no question here, there's no doubt, there's no uncertainty here. It's not hope so, it's not maybe or might be, it's a pledge of divine certainty. It's not even, I'll try my best. We we live in an uncertain world, there's uncertainty in the financial world. There's uncertainty in the context of living out our lives because we don't know what will be in tomorrow. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. We live in an uncertain world. The only certain things that we have is death and taxes. But there's no uncertainty here in this text. It's no ifs or buts. We could talk about the surety of this promise. This promise can be trusted. We we could stand on this promise. Because this God that Paul talks about is Jehovah Jireh. The God who sees and provides. And whatever God says, he does. Notice very quickly the substance of the promise. It says, according to. Do you see that? According to. You see, if his resources are limitless, his resources can never be depleted, then his supply is in proportion to. That's what the word means. In proportion to his riches. God is a giver. God is large hearted. And he doesn't give in a miserly manner. He gives according to his vastness. We could think about the character of Noah. Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Elijah, David. Who said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We could think about Daniel. We could think about Jeremiah. Think about Paul here. Chained to a soldier in present affliction. And, 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 and God is promising that in proportion to his riches that are limitless, he's going to meet the need of his children, his own saints. The question is this morning for us do we believe it? You're here and you're full of anxious care and worry and fear. Would you not take this promise this morning and, as it were, put it in the ground and stand in the promise and say, I believe not only God, but I believe this word from God. And I'm going to trust Him for the needs of my church and and for the needs of my family and, and for the needs of my country. He knows my need and our need. And and he's able and and he's willing to meet the need. He's greater than my need. And he's made this promise to meet it. and, and, And he's saying, I'll supply all your need. The question for us is, have we a faith in this word? Notice as we finish the subject of this promise, look at the word, but my God shall supply all your need, your need. You see, this is a promise really for the giver. It's a promise to a giving church. It has to be kept in context. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. They give repeatedly. They give voluntarily. They give sacrificially. And, And Paul is saying, as you have supplied my need, because of your giving, your generosity, your sacrifice, your willingness, your voluntariness, then this God that I worship, He'll supply your need. Remember, Malachi asked the question, Will a man rob God? The people in his day asked the question, Wherein have we robbed God? We're not thieves. And he says, You've robbed them in tithes and offerings. The Bible says give and it shall be given unto you. And there's an onus and responsibility and a duty on the children of God to see to it that they give faithfully and regularly and voluntarily, willingly and sacrificially. And as they do that, not only give the tithe but their time and I appreciate the time in coming out to the house of God to worship the Lord. That's part of our duty and responsibility. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then to give ourselves to him first. That's so important. So it's not just about money. It's about you giving yourself. It's about you using your time wisely. It's about you using your talent for for the glory of God. Can I tell you this little story? Presbyterian minister by the name of J.W. Chapman. He was a Presbyterian minister in the United States of America he suffered a great grief I can't remember it was the loss of his wife or the loss of sons and daughters in the family but he he was extremely grieved He, he was broken and he couldn't minister in his church and he was granted extended leave by the congregation and on the day that he was leaving having his little suitcase packed he was going off to some other part of America family and friends And he'd be away for a long time and as he was coming out the door one member of the congregation came and approached him. Now that member was the banker of the town but he belonged to the church. I think he was an elder. And he put a piece of paper in Chapman's hand and said i will be praying for you. God bless you. He accompanied him to the train station. Chapman of course put the bit of paper in his pocket. He, He didn't know what it was. But in the training, he brought it out and he looked at it. Do you know what it was? It was a blank check. A blank check. And there was a wee note accompanying the check. And this is what it says. I want you to have enough to cover every expense. See, there's no amount filled in. I want you to have enough To cover any expense. Chapman, of course, never cashed that check. He never filled it in. Because God had provided enough for him as he journeyed to family and friends in the three months sabbatical. You see, the subject of this promise is a giving church. We could never outgive God. As the Reverend George White used to say, God is a bigger shovel than we have. i better finish this morning. The seventh thing is this, if you're writing down notes, is the source of this promise. Now, now, notice as we finish, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Now, how does God supply our need? And here's the answer this morning. It's only supplied... Through our Lord Jesus Christ. This divine promise of a full supply. Is only based on the merits of Jesus Christ. And that takes us back to Romans 8. He that spared not his own son. But delivered him up for us all. There again is the cross of Christ. A saviour who's born for us. Who lived for us. Who died for us. Who, who rose again for us. How shall he not with him? Also, freely, give us all things. Remember Joseph in Genesis 42. The prisoner who had become the prime minister of Egypt. Remember his brothers had sinned against him. They hated him. They they had slandered him. They they had lied about him. They they had hurt and, and grieved him. And I have no doubt about that. But there they're now in front of Joseph. And they're there to buy corn. Joseph could have thrown them in prison. Joseph could have said, Hey boys, it's even time now. But he didn't. How did he treat them? He opened the storehouses. He gave them all the provender of grain that they needed. And he even put the money back in their sacks. You see, that's a picture of Christ. Maybe you're going through a period this morning where you need wisdom because you're afraid of your own foolishness. And maybe you need strength because you're weak and you're struggling. Maybe some sin or temptation. Maybe you're here because you need forgiveness and you've fallen and you're guilty of some particular sin that you need to repent of and get right with God Maybe you're here this morning because you're sad of some set of circumstances and and, and you don't know what to turn and you need the joy of the Lord as your strength. Maybe you're here and you're fearful. Fearful in the classroom. Fearful to say no to that cigarette or that drink. Fearful to the peer pressure in the classroom or the university. And you need courage. Where will you find this? This wisdom, this strength, this forgiveness, this joy, this courage. You'll find it in Christ. It all comes to us on the merits of Christ. Never apart from, never without, but always in. So there's the source of this promise. You think of the supplier this morning, my God and his riches. You think of the supply and this promise to fill you up to the brim. You think of the scope, all things. All your need. Think of the sureness, shall supply. Think this morning of the substance, it's according to, in proportion to. Think of the subject, it's your need. The Philippian church was a giving church, and the source, by Christ Jesus. May we learn to understand God's promise of provision. May we stand by faith in this promise. And that we glorify God as God meets our need. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening this morning to these few stammering words.